This episode is brought to you by Harry's. Harry sent me a razor starter kit recently to try, and I put it to use very quickly because I keep myself clean shaven. In fact, I pretty much shave every single day because I have lots of facial hair. It grows back very quickly, and it's also really thick, and it hurts a lot when I shave normally, with a bad razor at least. So I've been using Harry's razors for like a week now. They're very nice. It's a five-blade razor, and I have to say, it really does effortlessly shave through my normally very annoying facial hair. It doesn't hurt one bit, no tugging, anything like that. And it stayed sharp the entire time as well. I'm very impressed so far. It also has kind of a good weight to it. It's like heavier than normal. I don't know. It's like, it's just got a good weight to it. I really like that. I didn't know I liked it before, but now I know I like it. I also really liked the shaving cream just because it smells really good. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by questionable shaving products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of other big brands. Harry's has a customizable delivery option for scheduled refills as low as $2, half of what you pay from other big brands. Don't settle for the status quo. Blaze your own trail with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com otherworld. That's harrys.com otherworld for a $3 trial set. All right, everybody, welcome back. This is episode four of Otherworld. I'm your host, Jack Wagner. This is part two of The Man in the Hat. If you haven't heard part one, that's episode three. I highly recommend going back and listening to it. This is a a complicated story, and it'll be pretty confusing if you listen to this without having heard the first part. So at the end of the episode, Austin happened to mention to me something that I didn't know before. That was that Lucas had found some kind of online community of people who had seen similar things. Then during that interview, I'm looking at the website, I find this community, and it's really interesting. Um, That's how that last episode ended. This thing that people see is called the Hat Man. There's tons of sightings of this, and I guess they go back in history. There's a lot. There's a lot. I mean, it's just... It's definitely something. It's definitely something to consider. I don't know if their story is exactly connected to it, but it's something that I wanted to know more about and at least talk to somebody that could tell me whether or not it's connected. I had heard of this before, but just didn't think about it because it wasn't exactly the same as what they saw. But then after going to the site, it just really stuck out to me. And I think what stuck out the most was how many people are seeing this. And I... I just had this moment where I was seeing it and thinking to myself, something's going on here. They're all seeing the same thing. So even if you think these people are crazy, they're all crazy in the same way. So even that is noteworthy. Something, Something's going on, no matter what you believe. So I reached out to the person who runs this website. It was a little hard pinning him down And to be honest with you, I really did not think I was going to be able to make this interview happen. But at the very last minute, he responded to me. We had a long conversation about this stuff, and I learned a lot from him. I don't think I anticipated how much of his life revolved around the hat man. One thing that I learned immediately is that he's a priest. I did not expect that. Um, I don't know what I was expecting, but I did not expect a priest. In fact, he became a priest because of his experiences with the hat man. 
So I think that's noteworthy. Um, seeing this affected him so much that he decided to become a priest. For that reason, he speaks a lot about his faith and he speaks about this a lot from a Christian perspective. I wouldn't normally have somebody on this podcast talking so much about a specific religion if it didn't involve a story, but I think in this case, it's okay to make a exception. I don't know if you can really use the word expert when it comes to talking about any topic like this, one where nobody knows anything about it, but if there is an expert on this, I can't imagine that there's anyone who's read more encounters with the hat man than this guy. This website has thousands of submissions and there's a ton posted up there if you want to go read. He says that he's backed up and there's thousands that he hasn't even gotten around to reading yet. I'm going to play the interview that I did with this dude. Like I said, this is just one person's opinion. He has a lot of very strong opinions. It's just one man's thoughts and I think you're really going to enjoy it. So let's get this started. This is episode four, The Man in the Hat, part two, and you're listening to Otherworld. To accept, press one. To send a voicemail, press two. Yo. Hey, Jack. Okay, this sounds pretty good. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's still, still, it's pretty good on my end too. You sound a little muffled, but uh, as long as you can hear me, okay, I guess that's cool. All right, I could hear you. It'll at least be consistent, I think. Um, so, how did you? I mean, so you run this website called the Hat Man Project. Um, right. You also told me that you're now a pastor. How did this start for you? Yeah, so it all started for me. I, my first ever experience with the uh, supernatural was when I was six years old. And uh, basically what happened was, is I was being ra- I was raised by my great-grandmother and my grandmother. And I remember one night I was in the room and I saw what a lot of people today call um, shadow beings. It was just a being that was standing there and uh, was very tall, very big, very foreboding looking. And I remember red eyes. And I remember... Um, you know, of course, telling my, my great-grandmother about it, and they didn't really believe me. They didn't. They thought I was just, you know, a kid with a overactive imagination or whatnot. So there was nothing really thought about it for another few years. And then about seven years later is when I had my, my, my major experience, and, and that's where kind of the, the beginning of the Hatman Project started, I guess, is, is, is my own personal experience. But um, I was sleeping in my bedroom, not sleeping, but I was going to bed, and I remember laying there with the blanket kind of pulled up to my face and where my room was positioned, I didn't have a door, um, but you could see right out the end of my room into my great grandmother's room. She was asleep and then past her bedroom was the hallway. So, and my grandmother was sleeping in the bedroom there. So as I was laying there, all the lights were out. There was a small light that was on uh, in the kitchen. So there was a little bit of light, but not much. And I remember I was just laying there watching TV. I was 14 years old. And out of the corner of my eye, I saw this figure step into 
my great-grandmother's room. And he uh, had a long black cape. He was, and in fact, the, the color, I'll, I'll say this at the beginning, the color of this thing was, the only way that I can describe it is that he was blacker than black, if that makes any sense. In other words, you could be in a completely dark room and you're gonna see this being because the blackness of this being is darker than the darkness of the room. So he steps into the room and I could see the flowing cape looking thing. He had this wide brimmed hat um, and he just stared, just stared. He was staring all the way through my grandmother's room into my room. I was terrified and uh, I didn't know what it was. I thought we had an intruder in the house. And, um, and so I sat there and tried to muster up some courage because I knew that I needed to do something. You know, I was the man of the house. I was my grandmother and great-grandmother. So I kind of counted to three in my head. I'm like, okay, one, two, three, I'm gonna get up, I'm gonna grab something and I'm gonna go after this guy, right? So I kind of watched him for a second and I looked around and I'm like trying to identify what I'm gonna grab to, to go try to hit this guy. And um, I looked at the corner of my eye and he stepped back into the hallway and then he turned his back toward me and leaned in toward my grandmother's room. And I thought, okay, this is my opportunity. So I jumped up and I grabbed, I had a pair of nunchucks. I was in karate, I was a teenager. I had a pair of nunchucks. So I went off and I went yelling through the house, uh, going after this thing. Well, I turned the corner and it was gone. Huh. So I woke up everybody in the house, freaked everybody out. And my grandmother comes out and she goes, you know, it's funny you say that because just last night I was in, asleep in bed and I saw a figure walk by the hallway and I got up thinking it was my mother, which is my great grandmother. And she goes, I thought she was wearing a bathrobe. And I thought that was so odd because she doesn't ever wear bathrobes. So I realized, and we both realized that we had both seen something strange and we couldn't really figure out what it was. Okay. So that was my experience with the hat man. That was my first experience with the hat man. And then um, fast forward probably another six or seven years, um, I get married. And I remember one night I was working late and I was on my way home. And uh, you ever listen, you remember that old show Coast to Coast AM with uh, George Norrie? Of course. Yeah, yeah. Well, so I had that thing flipped on on the AM and uh, I remember hearing a story about, they called it the hat man. This was around probably 2000, 2001, somewhere around, around that neighborhood. And I had completely pushed that out of my head. Like for years, I thought, well, maybe I was just seeing things. That was just kind of weird, you know, da 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 And then when, when I heard these people on George Norrie's uh, or Art Bell's show, man, it just it, it made the hair on my head, you know, my back of my neck stand up. I was freaked out, man. So... At that point in my life, I was dabbling in building websites for people and whatnot, and I thought, I really need to know what this is about. Now, the internet was still pretty young um, at that point, so there wasn't a lot on the internet about it. So I decided to create a project um, called the Hatman Project. And, and so basically, I just built a simple website. I put my story out there and just said, hey, has anybody else had this experience? I already knew from the radio program that a lot of people were having it. So I thought, well, maybe if I put a website up, I'll get stories. Well, long story short, I've, I've received thousands of stories uh, over the last 20 years. And, um, 
you know, one of the things that I did early on in the project was just read every single story and look for points of commonality. You know, what are the things that are common among these stories? And is there anything that kind of gives us some insight as to what this experience is? Um, you know, what, what, uh, what can be done about it? You know, especially if you're having a negative experience, what, what can be done about it? So that's kind of where it started. Um, and it's just kind of grown, grown from there. What are the signs or the, the common things that you've seen? What are like the main common themes you've seen between these thousands of stories? Yeah. So as far as points of commonality, um, the stories are almost always in unison. It, 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 Hatman almost always appears in people's lives when there's chaos or addiction or pain and suffering, um, it, it, either right before or right after. It, it seems like it's always somewhere around there. So a lot of times uh, people say, I'm seeing the hat man, and I'm like, okay, what's going on in the house? You know, is it, is it drugs? Is it alcohol? Is it raging? Is it, you know, people being beaten in the house? It's, is it violence? Um, it's, it's almost always, and I, don't, I can't give you a percentage. I, it would be really good if I could, but a very high percentage um, of these appearances occur in households where there is a lot of chaos either about to happen or is happening. About to happen. That's interesting. Like people didn't know chaos would happen yet. Yeah. Yeah. No, there were, there were times, um, many stories that I've known where people, especially those who felt like that, uh, that this was a good being. Um, there's been several uh, cases where people thought that this was like a spirit guide or, uh, like a guardian angel or something along those lines, and, and they will actually welcome him into their lives. And um, yeah, chaos chaos typically ensues in different ways. People get sick, people die, um, divorces, um, addictions, suicides. It, it's very, very connected to this uh, entity. When people accept it, he appears more? He appears more, and uh, also to the there's a lot of deception that goes into it as well. Um, I found out that these beings are are what the the biblical writers uh, for for those of you who understand you know Christianity or, or um, you know the Bible uh, these are what the Bible calls demons, and uh, they're malevolent beings. They're dark beings. Um, they feed on dark energy and uh, they create chaos. I'm not sure if the story I'm calling you about is even connected to what your website's about, The Hat Man, but is there any visual common themes that you've noticed with all the stories that people submit to you? Oh, visual? Yeah, visual. It's almost always described the same. There's two or three out there that I believe are higher up than the regular shadow beings. I think regular shadow beings are just your typical average demon. Um, but you'll have, but they're, they're not unorganized. They are very organized. And there is a system in place of these beings. And there are other beings that are of higher order than those beings that are kind of like overseers or managers, if you will. Hatman is one of those. Um, he, he is uh, appearing all over the place. It, it, there's, there's not a single nation on the earth that he doesn't appear in. I've received stories from practically every nation uh, over the earth. And um, the, the stories are very similar. He's always described as uh, a being with a long flowing cape and a hat, blacker than black. Sometimes there are some variations. The, some people will say they, they've seen red eyes, which I remember seeing red eyes on a being, like I said, when I was six. So I know that that's possible. Very, I'd say 20% of the stories talk about the red eyes. 
And then you'll have a very small minority of the stories, I'd say probably 5%, 2%, 3% maybe, um, that will describe facial features, like they can actually see more distinguishable features. Um, but that's very rare, very, very rare. The, the times where people do describe facial features, what do they say about it? Um, just not nothing very distinguishable, but they can see like, uh, like sometimes they describe dark skin, brownish skin, uh, like dead skin almost. Um, I don't know, just very odd kind of stuff or kind of an odd texture, like you can feel, but, but you can't really feel it. It's like you go through him. Um, but there's some type of tangibility to him. There, there have been people who have described that. So are there, do you ever get emails where people describe something similar and you're like, okay, that's not the hat man? Yeah, sure. And what is that yeah, like? Yeah, there's another being, there is another being um, that's very, very uh, widely seen by many people. And this one is, I don't know that it has a name, but it's a hooded figure. It's a hood figure. Like imagine a, you know, like an old monk, you know, with a hood over their heads. Mm-hmm. Um, they describe a, a dark shadow being like that. And and what is? How does that one appear? That one I don't hear about much. I just know I just know of him. Uh, I just know that a lot of times people describe him. But again, Hatman is by far the the most prevalent. I wasn't a Christian always. I, I, I part of my journey in, in becoming a pastor was because I became so aware of the spiritual reality that goes on around us all the time. Um, Early on, my research took me into ancient stories of demons and shadow beings. And uh, and I I didn't really put two and two together about it being a demon until I started learning some of these these categories of thinking that go back, you know, thousands of years. Um, But there are ancient stories that talk about shadow beings and demonic figures. Now, I can't find anything in ancient history regarding Hatman. why I don't know, um, but as far as these beings, um, they are are in the human written record for thousands of years going back. And um, one of the biggest points of commonality, and and if it's someone who is into the occult, then typically they will per, they will perceive the experience to be positive, and they will think it's good. But the overwhelming majority of people who have this experience also feel uh, uh, there's like a strong sense of emotion that comes with the experience they, they feel fear they feel dread um, they feel paralyzed there's many 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 stories of of people waking up and being paralyzed having a sleep paralysis and then seeing the figure standing at the foot of the bed hovering over them watching over them um, they're unable to talk almost like it has some type of of control over their lives um, so I became convinced early on that the being was not good. It was dark, and I knew that just from my own experience. But I knew that I had to, I had to see it from a broader perspective. What was the what was the the general consensus of all the stories? And the general consensus of all the stories is that this was not a good being. It was a malevolent being. And so, this the more I got into the ancient, you know, the Book of Enoch, for example, talks about these beings at length. Actually, a lot of people don't realize it, but um, these beings are talked about at length in that book. And it describes, you know, the, the, the fact that these are earthbound spirits. They're not angels. They're not fallen angels. A different category of being. Um, fallen angels are, are a whole different category. These are earthbound spirits that, um, that have heightened sense of passions 
uh, and they, they seek to try to live out those passions vicariously through hosts that they attach themselves to almost like a leech attaches itself to a human. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. So that's what they do. They're feeding off of you. And they're also injecting you with, uh, the only way I can put it is spiritual poison um, because of the result that it leaves in people's lives. Huh. So let me ask you this um, before I explain the reason I'm calling. Um, How many of these submissions are people experiencing sleep paralysis? Because I know there's some kind of shadow being that people see all the time when well, they I have sleep now. paralysis. <laughs> I do now. Um, I used to not. But, I think, yeah. personally, I think sleep paralysis is something very scary for people, but I don't yeah. view it as paranormal, generally. So, how many of these stories involve sleep paralysis? I, 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 let me make a quick correction. If I if I made it sound as though sleep paralysis is a major indicator of the hat man experience, it's not the case. It's, it's a minority experience of the hat man. Um, the, the majority of them are, are waking experiences. So you'd say most of the time these people are awake when they see the hat yeah, man? Yeah, they're awake. And does and it you can happen... go read the stories. And most of the stories are on the, 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 uh, the website. If you want to ever read them yourself, there's, there's a bunch. <laughs> there's a bunch of and, and I've gotten so behind on it, too. I get four or five stories a week, and, and I just don't have the time dedicated to, to put them out every time. But, uh, but I've, I'm probably backed up now with about 300 stories that need to be on the website that are not there right now. What do you think is the most compelling story or piece of evidence that you've found so far? Oh, I, I guess my own story. I mean, because, <laughs> you know, your own story, that's the one that leaves you chills in the middle of the night, right? Um, yeah, I mean, my, my experience was a waking experience. You know, I, I was not asleep. Now, since that time, I've had several experiences, um, I think, because I've interjected myself into this so deeply. I've had attacks. I've had demonic attacks against me and my family as a result of this, which has um, solidified my belief that these are dark, malevolent beings. Um, you know, I, I've, I've started to help people be free of, of this encounter. And there are things that will begin to happen around that when we when we will um, uh, perform an exorcism or uh, something along those lines. You know, cast out demons or, or cast out uh, demonic entities from a person's home. And again, like ninety five percent of the time, man, it's it's almost always associated with something having to do with their lives. Either they're getting involved in stuff that they shouldn't be getting involved in, and and it's drawing these beings to their home or these beings are attaching themselves, and as a result, there's resulting chaos in the home. I kind of want to hear about those attacks, but I should tell you why I'm calling you today. So yeah, let me tell you a little bit about this. I'm going to tell you um, the basics of what happened to these two brothers that I've been talking to. And I just want to hear what you think. I'm not sure if this is related to the hat man or anything that you report on, but I'll give you the bullet points to the best of my ability. Sure. All right. Obviously we could skip this, but right here I shared with Tim the entirety of Austin and Lucas's story. I played it for him because that's the entire reason why I'm calling. So I'm just going to skip right ahead to his reaction after hearing the story. Huh? Now that's a first. I have never heard a story about the hat coming off before. Really? Yeah, never, never. That's so, interesting. So you think this is the hat man? 
Well, it sounds like him. Uh, I mean, it sounds a bit more tangible than than what I've experienced. Uh, but but again, like I said, there's been a small minority of people who have who have seen distinguishable features. I mean, it sounds connected. If it's not the same being, it's certainly connected um, because it's the same kind of stuff. Uh, and and yeah. so many of these crazy, wacky dreams that that where they're just staring at you and they're um, just filling you full of dread. That's so common, man. It's it's very very common. It's interesting you say that. One of them, I forgot to tell you this, one of them is um, like allergic to peanuts or something, and he's had anaphylactic shock, which a symptom of that is dread, like a medical feeling of dread that you get. And he said that's the only thing he could compare to the feeling that he had seeing the yeah. hat man or whoever it is Very that he sick saw. feeling, feeling sick in your stomach. Yeah. Like the whole world's going to end. Yes. So what do you make of that story after hearing that? You know, whenever I talk to people, and, and I try to be very respectful um, just because I know that, that now, I mean, early on I didn't have a, a bias, but I certainly do now because of, uh, because of what I believe these things to be. Um, you know, I always ask them, say, listen, are you okay with, with me coming at this from a, uh, from a Christian perspective? And, 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 you know, nine times out of ten, most people are okay with that. And then I'll just I'll put my pastor hat on and say, look, what's going on in your life? You know, what, what's going on in your background? What what do you what what is what's the trajectory of your life? What are you planning to do in your life? Because a lot of times, these beings um, they thwart God's plan. They try to thwart God's plan. If they they can't really they can't they can't really do anything against you as, in terms of uh, being a Christian. But but when you or even a non-Christian, they can't really do anything without your permission. And so what they try to do is they influence you. They use deception. They use dreams. They put fear in you. They they get you to to change your perspective and your attention toward other things, so that way you're you're fulfilling their will, their plan, what helps them with what they're wanting. Um, they are spiritual leeches. That's the best way um, that I can that I can describe it. They attach themselves to you, and they it's like an exchange. They, I don't know what it is. I can't describe it. Uh, I, there's been so many stories. I've had it, I've had one experience where I've saw the attachment myself. Um, and there's some type of exchange. It's like they're feeding off of something in you, whether it's the fear or, or what. Um, but, but what you receive in return is horrible. Um, depression, anxiety, suicidal thoughts, um, feelings of anger, rage, murder, um, sexual, um, you know, molestation, rape. I mean, it, it, these beings are not to be played with. I'll, I'll put it, to, I'll put it that way. They are very highly organized, by the way. Um, there is a, a system in place uh, with these beings, and they, what, they have a hierarchy. What do you know about the system and hierarchy? What makes you say that? Well, I, I didn't learn about it until later on. When I started having more experiences, it became clear to me through, through the stories that I was reading that the hat man was kind of like the ringleader for a lot of the other ones, you know, the smaller ones. And then once I got into some of the ancient studies and, you know, Book of Enoch and, uh, you know, some of the other stuff that I was reading— um, I realized that the demonic realm is, is very highly organized. Of course, you have the, the fallen angels, which would be kind of like your senate, right? They're the ones at the top. And uh, Lucifer, Satan, devil, whatever you want to call him, um, the, the, the big one or whatever, he's kind of at the, the tip top. And then he's got, you know, kind of like on, on God's side, you've got angels and archangels and so on and so forth. Well, on the dark side, you've got the same exact thing. They're just highly organized. Um, the ones that you typically wind up seeing are the foot soldiers, right? The little ones. And, and these are the ones that, um, 
that are, are being directed in different places for strategic purposes, of, of which I don't know. But, um, but yeah, they're, they're organized. And how do you differentiate between the different ranks of these ones? Like, for instance, what are the small ones? The small ones, what do they look like? Well, when I say small, when I say when I say small, I mean small in power. They look like human beings, just straight up, just what, what, what people call shadow beings. They look like a human figure, but they're black. Um, and the other ones, uh, if I'm, I'm assuming what you're asking me is like the ones like the Hat Man. It seems like these higher up ones, they like to have distinguishing features. They want they want swag. Like a hat. Like a cape, like electricity or whatever, you know, this this other one or the hood. You know, it's very distinguishable features. Okay, so back to Austin and Lucas. Let's say this thing comes back. Is there anything they could do to protect themselves from it or do something about it? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, there's dark beings and there's light beings. And, and over time... You know, as I did become a Christian, as I did start to understand the spirit realm uh, from from the biblical perspective, um, then I realized that when when you are aligned with the light, um, you have to be walking in the light in order for the darkness to not be able to have any ability to get to you. And um, I see this all the time as a pastor. You know, I'll see people's lives spinning out of control. And, and the evidence of the demonic in their lives. And, uh, and I'll say, hey, look, you know, what's, what's going on personally with the family, with the marriage? What's going on with addiction? You know, like getting into the root of what's going on. And nine times out of ten, um, there's a problem there. And, and, it's, and it's because they've opened up the door spiritually for these beings to come in and, and be uh, uh, leeches, spiritual leeches off of them, off of their spirit, off of their soul. So it's more of a correction of a, a lifestyle correction. Well, and also just claiming authority too. I mean, as a from a Christian perspective, uh, you know, we have we have authority over these beings, and a lot of times we don't realize that. Um, but it's a delegated authority, you know, because of what what Christ accomplished on the cross. You know, yes, we receive forgiveness of sins. That's the pastoral statement that we make to everyone. But but in reality, in the spiritual realm, what he accomplished on the cross was he defeated the powers of darkness. And so anytime when you have a person who's walking in that path, in that pathway to follow him, you have authority to uh, rid demons from people. And um, I've had the opportunity and the blessing to be able to help people be free from these things uh, countless times, many times. Um, Hat men as well. And like I said, that, that has put a target on our family in the past um, because of that. But, um, you know, but we, but we keep moving forward. And what I've seen with the hat man, uh, sometimes I'll get a call and, and I don't do a lot of this just because I, I could easily get overwhelmed by it. But when someone sends me an email and they say things like, um, I'm having suicidal thoughts and I keep seeing this thing, or um, I, I need some help because my nephew keeps seeing this thing and I caught him with a knife one night and, and he said he, he thinks he's supposed to kill his sister. Like, that's a big deal. Like, people's lives are at stake at this point. And so that's when I will call them, like, look, you're dealing with a demon, and you've got to get this out of your house now. And so we'll go through the process, and it's a simple process. You know, I, I basically start counseling them. What open doors spiritually do you have in your life right now? And and they always will say it's, it's, it's either this or that and the other. There's all, there's all kinds of open doors you can have to these beings. And as soon as they close those doors and tell it to leave, they no longer have any problems. The most dangerous times I've seen is when people are into the occult. 
um, and this is my opinion, and you don't have to agree, and that, that's totally okay. Um, but when they're into the occult, or they're in, they're into mysticism, and they just accept these beings, um, well, it's just a bad thing. <laughs> it's a bad thing. Like, su- like a summoning type of thing. Summoning, and and because they, because to to people like that, they will absolutely display themselves as being guides or. Um, people come to give you special revelation or information from the spirit realm or, or whatnot, and they're being deceptive. Um, they, you know, because the, the end goal is not to benefit you. The end goal is to benefit them, and that's what they want. Okay, we have to take a quick break, but we will be right back. Hey, other world listeners, I'm excited to tell you about a show that I love and I think you're going to love as well. It's called Sophia with an F, starring Sophia Franklin. This show is about as different from other world as a show could possibly be, which is why I think many people were very, very shocked when I got invited on as a guest around Halloween. It was really the crossover that nobody expected. I'll never forget the day my episode came out and every single one of my college-age cousins texted me all at the same time. Very confused, but also very excited. It was nice to hear from all of them, though, and uh, finally get some respect. I had a great time on the show. Sophia is really down-to-earth, which is why I think her interviews are so good. We talked about Otherworld, the paranormal, getting into this whole thing unexpectedly, as I did, and a lot of other stuff that I think normally does not get discussed on Sophia with an F. Normally in the show, Sophia Franklin goes deep on sex, life, mental health, relationships, and everything in between. You could get Sophia all to yourself every Monday for solo mini-episodes and every Thursday with her ride-or-die best friends, experts, and some famous guests on a host of other topics, topics that are not safe for the dinner table, from foursomes and sugar daddies to wild sexcapades and tips for keeping things fresh in the bedroom. It's raw and laugh-out-loud funny, no borders and no filters. My personal favorite is the episode with Walk a Flock of Flame, if you want somewhere to start. Listen to and follow Sophia with an F on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so that was a lot. That was definitely a lot. Um, And a lot lot heavier than I thought it was going to be. A lot more everything than I thought it was going to be. And I'm sure some of you are thinking, hey, Jack, I thought you said that you were going to be taking a journalistic approach to the paranormal. Uh, I thought this was going to be a more grounded podcast. Who is this guy talking about ranks of demons? That's true. I did say that. And for the most part, the podcast will be like that. But while interviewing Tim, I couldn't help but imagine poor Lucas and Austin's face when I play this interview back to them, which is exactly what I did. Um, immediately after doing the interview, I got on the phone with them, and this is the conversation we had after. All right. <laughs> I'm rec- What did you guys think? <laughs> um, yeah, that was definitely interesting. I did not think he was going to be a pastor. I didn't either. Yeah. yeah, it was definitely a, a, I. I don't know why, but I thought he might be a little more odd, and he sounded not too odd. Um, I think the one thing that really stuck out to me was I did not like the fact that it was the first 
for something. I didn't like the fact that I was the yeah. first, first to see something. That's not good. He seemed pretty freaked out about the top hat. Yeah, I coming didn't, off. I didn't. I didn't expect that. That really had me he worried. Had, when he's like, "Oh, I've never seen this before. Like, we might have something going on here." Yeah, and I, for Austin and me, like, I don't think we're we're not really coming from this from like a Christian perspective or anything, too. So I think a lot of the, a lot of that stuff is. We didn't grow up in like a religious household whatsoever, but I don't know if maybe that plays into this. If that's like maybe part of that, not having that spirituality, I don't know. I mean, this is just what this one guy thinks, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't mean it's, but what is, what do you guys think about the, the turmoil aspect of what he's, I mean, we don't even know if this is what you saw. Yeah. And for like the turmoil aspect, I have to be honest, like there was nothing going on that was, chaotic disruptive or anything at the time like everything was going really smoothly i feel like i was do, doing as as best as i have in, in an adult life like i feel like uh yeah everything was normal not i think yeah at least for me like growing up as a kid like i had a very nice childhood very normal you know yeah. nice cool parents um maybe like I, I was a really stressed out kid i seemed to have like a lot of anxiety when i was younger so i don't know if maybe that plays into it a bit um but nothing no i wasn't on drugs when i was like you know <laughs> eight or whatever there having these experiences yeah um, i don't know lucas with you if maybe there's any aspect of um like being in the military and things like that where there's there's any crazy shit going on or no you guys are the most boring guys in the world aside from the stream <laughs> no it's so I funny know, i know we we had, yeah, at that time too, everything was just smooth. And like he was saying too about like life paths and, you know, what direction you're going. And like, I feel like at that point too, I had, I, I feel like we both had everything kind of put together. There's no explanation of what was, why this was happening to you too. Oh, no, that's a bit of the alarming part too. And like, he's thinking about the first time, like, I don't, that's the, there's no explanation. And, uh, yeah. And, I feel like I have to like assess my life now and see like yeah. what, what track I'm on. Cause now I'm thinking like, well, shit, like, am I, am I messing up somewhere? I don't know. I mean, after hearing that, and I think Lucas, you were the one that originally started diving into the, the hat man stuff. Like, yeah. do you think even you, that's what you saw? I think based on like everything that I've read, it does sound like it. The only big difference is like what well what he said was differing too, but from all the stories I've heard, it's about sleep paralysis. Um and so I hadn't I've never had sleep paralysis, never experienced that. But uh I'd say by the look of it, it was it was definitely similar. Um but I mean maybe the, maybe it could according to the pastor, maybe it's other other demons, I don't know. And I don't yeah, I mean and you guys weren't it wasn't sleep paralysis because Austin, I think you eventually did have sleep paralysis for the first time, like much later on, right? Just recently here in the last little bit. So I, yeah, it was nothing to do with that. Do you think it's a case closed situation? I, I think it's whatever it is. It might be something that attaches to Lucas more this time. I, I almost feel like I've, I've passed it Lucas, on. You like, know, <laughs> Lucas is making a I face. Dream, <laughs> I, I feel like it's almost been passed on, but nothing since then. And um, I think I think Lucas experienced the majority since then. I do feel a little bit like it's a past thing, though. Like I haven't, uh, I don't have a reason to think that it's continuing. I uh, I, I I mean, I kind of hope it doesn't, but uh, I, I I've no, I haven't seen anything since those two inc or three incidences. So I think that since it's been like several years now, I don't think I don't expect to see anything again. And are, have you guys experienced anything else paranormal outside of these two things? 
Not that um, I can think of. Just like when I was a kid, they told me I had to be exercised. Oh yeah. Um, but <laughs> that was I, I don't remember that. I was just told this by my my parents. Like literally or yeah, just like a literally. Joke. No, so, yeah. They I was at um like a high needs daycare as a kid, as a child, like oh. a, a baby. Um and uh I guess I was like too much for them. I was like tearing down curtains and, and things like that. And uh one of the the helpers there like talked to my mom and said like this child needs to be exercised, like there's something seriously wrong with them. Um and so what they ended up having to do with me was tie my stroller to a tree outside of the daycare because that's the only place where I would be quiet. It sounds like you were just getting abused. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like you were getting abused. That sounds like abuse. That does not sound like an exorcism, Austin. Yeah. That, that's the only other time. I think. <laughs> <laughs> it's like child abuse. <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> Yeah, we care. just realized that you were abused. <laughs> yeah, hold on. I wonder why they switched daycares. <laughs> yeah, they still want to deal with me, so they tied me to a chair. <laughs> Somehow my parents were okay with this. I don't know. I, I might need to talk to them again. <laughs> Wait. So they they would tie you to a tree? Yeah, they tied me to a tree outside. I might need to talk to my mom about did, this again. Did it's they the like... only place I would stay quiet, I guess. <laughs> But that's not an exorcism. That's just no, tying they, you to they, a tree. They never exercised me, but they, they, they uh, wanted me to be exercised. They told me I should be. <laughs> they put your stroller like next to a tree. Yeah, yeah. I think it's just because you're a, a bad kid. Too. You're a bad baby. From then on, I was great. I don't know. I was told I was a very polite kid. I don't know. <laughs> that is really funny. Yeah. <laughs> but of other like ghosts or like spiritual paranormal things, I don't think we have had much else. Um, not for well, me, at least. I know our mom has experienced a few things before. You should ask her about yeah. it. Yeah, well, I'm thinking with these other Hatman stories, um, if it's maybe related, because like a lot of these people seem to be seeing this in real life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I yeah, she had a bit of a harder time growing up, but you know, her dad wasn't around and kind of raised by her mom, and so I wonder if you know that could be part of uh, the hat man story too. What strikes me about your story is like who you guys are. I think if, if anybody else was telling me these stories, I might be a little suspicious, but I could just tell in talking to you that you're not the type of people that would make this up. And like quite the opposite, like even your reaction to Tim back there when he was talking about, yeah, you're straying from the path and like doing bad things. There's a reason for it, and you guys are just like, oh no, we're we're on the path. Yeah. Never really did anything yeah. wrong. I think we're pretty good kids for the most part, and like we had a fairly normal upbringing. Uh, I think probably better than most, and so uh, and yeah, I guess just like we're, I'm, I'm not very spiritual, and like usually pretty skeptical about things in general. Like you know, when people even just kind of uh, religion in general, like I'm, I guess maybe a bit of a you know, I. It's not something for me. It's fine for other people. But uh, the fact that this has happened to me is like kind of goes against most of uh, kind of what I look to and, you know, think about, like, I try to look at things very scientifically and this does not fall into that. So it's kind of tough to to have that contrast and deal with that almost. Mm-hmm. What do you make of this? If that's how you normally think? I think for like a while, I just like up until 
Lucas telling me about his dreams, I would just think like, these are, these are bad dreams. And like you grew, I grew up with having these types of dreams. So it wasn't like something new or uh, that scary. It's just like something I had to deal with. Um, but as soon as Lucas spoke about it, then that's where I was like, okay, this is freaky. And I think maybe that's why we didn't talk about it that much afterwards was because it doesn't really fit into how I think about the things or how mm-hmm. think about things or how I think about the world. It's just like, kind of goes against that. So to put too much thought towards it, it's like, oh, I, I almost don't want to. Yeah. And to have the shared experience too, is pretty different. Like for, for the solo experiences I've had too, I feel like it's a bit like, if I'm trying to think of it scientifically, it feels like a, a momentary, like lapse of mental health. Like it just like, it's something that could be written off, but I feel like with having something shared too with that, it feels like it, it can't, it can't be something that we can really write off as some like something scientific. Um, I feel like even though I've had these experiences, I still want to feel skeptical. And so like he's, he knows way more, but I feel like I just naturally want to, to like not know it. Or I feel like it's just like, Oh, right off like something else. But and now that it's happened to me, I feel like I, I just can't, but yeah. I think Jack, that's like similar to like your story before where it's like, I just don't want to deal with this right now. Like I too many other things to think about. And like, it's almost easier to just try to forget about it. Lucas, I think your reaction is a really interesting one. Even though you've seen a significantly yeah. more extreme version of the Hatman more times than the guy who runs hatmanproject.com or whatever the URL is, you're still sitting there listening to this interview like, oh, listen to this quack. <laughs> <laughs> and he was so nice too. Like he was so helpful. And like, I just... No, but you've seen... But no, I mean... You know yeah. he's not a. I don't, I don't think, think that so he's a quack, now. but I want. Yeah, to but think. it's a funny. It's a it's a funny human instinct yeah. to do that, where you're like immediately judging him and trying to write oh. it off, and you probably do that to yourself too. Oh, definitely, you know? yeah. Because I even still feel like skeptic over things that have happened to me, and so I I don't uh, I don't blame people for being ultra skeptical, but um, maybe maybe something will happen that will change your your mind too. I don't know if anything can really change your mind until until something happens to you. Yeah, I agree. And I feel like it's, it's almost frustrating that it's happened to me because um, there's no reason for somebody to believe it, but it happened. And like, I guess, unless you know me, you, you won't be able to, to really get a sense of what I'm like, but um, yeah. it's like frustrating to me that this has happened. It's not something I, that I wanted to happen to me. I'm trying to think of how we should wrap this one up. I don't even know how. Is this a case closed situation or is this a to be continued situation? I think that's the the big concern. I'm feeling pretty case closed here, but I, I, I mean, there's. I didn't expect to see it the one time or two times, anyway. So I mean, maybe, maybe it's not case closed. I hope it is. But and I've had times where it was like years in between these dreams, and like there's always that you know scenario where something could happen again um since it's been so long for me i at the moment too i feel like yeah it's kind of past uh, this is this part is done but uh we'll update you if there's anything new absolutely yeah i think that's a great way to end it thank you guys so much good luck out there stay safe yeah thank, thank you, you. Jack. it's been it's been great going on this so yeah. i really appreciate uh you and you telling our story finding the help too appreciate it All right. Thank you to Austin and Lucas for telling us that story. Honestly, one of my favorite ones in this entire season. Thank you so much. I was about to say 
that this brings us to the end of the man in the hat. That is until something just came up about a minute ago. Um, I don't know how many of you noticed this, but there was a brief moment in that interview where I think Austin said something about maybe his aunt and mom having experiences as a child similar when they're kind of speculating as like why this happened to them. I didn't think too much of it. I think I said to them, oh yeah, why don't you ask him about it? But I really wasn't thinking too much of it. Anyway, he just texted me a file of a recording that I just listened to. And I'm going to, I'm going to play you out with a snippet of it. I think, um, I think that you'll enjoy hearing. That does bring us to the end of this episode. I don't know if we're going to do a follow-up one day. For now, this brings us to the end of The Hat Man Part 2. If you like this story, share it with your friends. Uh, I'll play you out with this clip. And thank you for listening to Otherworld. I'm your host, Jack Wagner. Hello, darling. Hello, mother. Hi, Auntie. Hi, Auntie. And Uncle Nigel and Auntie Shaller here. So, is this the podcast with that guy you guys were excited about? Yeah, so um, me and Lucas did our individual parts, and then um, he spoke with an, a quote-unquote expert on, like, this similar type of thing that we've seen and, like, experienced. And then we just he just got our reaction from it, and then he was, like, asking about, like, anything else paranormal that we've experienced. Um, and I mentioned that you might have experienced um, like a, a similar type thing. Like as I remember something about you telling me before, um, like when you were falling asleep, there was something that you guys saw like in your doorway or something like that. Yeah. Is that true? Yeah. What, yeah, true. what did, what did this thing look like? To me, it was like um, in a room that we, we called it the room by itself because nobody wanted to sleep there um because you had to sleep by yourself in that room and uh but that was why i didn't want to sleep there because this this shadowy figure it, it to me it was like a man shape and like a big man and kind of yeah, just standing there and and yeah and, it, and he was just looking he was just stood there he, he wasn't even looking really but i felt him looking but you couldn't see anything except for this sort of figure and uh, i would just close my eyes and then think oh i wish i had a magic book and if i had a magic book i would make that go away wow that's creepy exactly and it was funny because yeah, i think i actually saw him first i didn't say anything and then cindy slept there the next night and then in the morning, she said, did you see the man in the doorway? And I go, yeah, I did. And then I was saying, yeah, he just was kind of standing in the doorway there. And, we, and then we both were describing exactly the same thing. All right. Otherworld's executive produced and hosted by myself, Jack Wagner. Our theme song is by Cobraman. Music and soundtrack by Chrome Sparks, Treyer Tryon, North Americans, and Jacuzzi Boys. Editing by Theo Schaefer. Our artwork is by Cul-de-Sac Studios. Once again, this is an independent show, so please show us your support by subscribing and leaving a five-star review. And share with your friends. It's really helping. So thanks for that. And thank you for listening to Otherworld. I'm your host, Jack Wagner.